the scene. I, I, I'm you're jumping. Right? I'm Jesus not all right. I'm dying. I'm jumping. This, I, I'm jumping all I'm around. I'm trying to make this light. And I can't just, make this just, light. This is, how do you make terms of endearment light? What how do you, do you make it light? So I mean, like when. Oh. Yeah, right. Exactly. Thank okay. you. You yeah. sit, sit back yeah. down. Sit back down. I'll give you my favorite fact. James L. Brooks was given a book called Life in Hell, cartoons drawn by Matt Groening. Uh, Brooks was so impressed by this that he asked Groening to create a cartoon short for the Tracy Ullman show in 1987, uh, which led to The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. So the, the happy part of Terms Endearment is that it led to The Simpsons. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <coughs> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said that yeah. was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, the Buzz in the Tower Mother's Day special. Every year on the second Sunday of May, we take time to honor and celebrate the wonderful women who brought us into this world. The very existence of humanity, and more importantly, the 80s, can be tracked back to some incredible moms. Buzz in the Tower itself would not be here today if not for the love, compassion, and overwhelming patience of two wonderful matriarchs. So what better way to show our love to the special women in our lives than to highlight our favorite moms from our favorite 80s movies? Today, we'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll cry some more, and then we'll laugh. And in the end, we'll probably cry some more. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the only person I know who loves his mom as much as I do, Max Sanders. And with that, happy Mother's Day. Hi, Mom. <laughs> we made it. Max, strap in, buddy. <laughs> you all right? I am not all right. Your eyes already shrink wrapped Woo! in tears. Woo! I uh Oh, big gulp. <laughs> oh man, I like you can I can my, I'm gonna need water. I'm already like my, yeah. my mouth is getting dry. Hold on. <laughs> all right, look. 
I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it out there right now. Buzz in the Tower is not meant to be a very deep, hard hitting, emotional podcast. I don't know. John Candy hit me a little bit it, last time. That's fair, and that's the first episode out of 23 that yeah. we've touched on. You we've know, done 23, I think. Yeah, this wow. is our 24th. I think. Um, I have to reference that. You know, how I am with numbers. But today's episode, oh, all right. So look, before we even talk about Mother's Day and all the wonderful things around it, let's hop into the stuff that's not going to be emotionally devastating for me, which- Puppies, dinosaurs. Yeah, you know, the fun stuff. Max, your t-shirt, your beautiful, amazing, gorgeous t-shirt from 80stees.com. What are you wearing today? Tell the people. Is that Versace? What do you got on? I'm wearing a Dalton quote. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. It's just Dalton's quotes. That's all it is. I love it. Yeah. Um, I have got from, oh, Rad, so from uh, my, I love yeah, this shirt, yeah. uh, rad. If you haven't seen rad, then why are you even listening to this oh, podcast? With the bright orange. This and, like, is, the this is the eighties, the right? Yeah. BMX bike racing. Timmy I mean, from back to the eighties. It's going to love, out right love when he sees this shirt. <laughs> so again, a uh, great sponsor of ours, uh, eighties tees.com. Check them out. Get a shirt, and uh, we just every week we've got new shirts from them, and they're fantastic. Yeah, every week I go for a couple hours just looking through the site. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I've got some other interesting, fun, new stuff to talk about. Uh, we have a YouTube channel now. We do. We do. So nice. uh, we have to wait thirty days before we can get a vanity URL. So I'm not going to give Is that you like the, a vanity license plate. Like. Kind of. I'm a lot because it'd be easier for me to tell you that it was YouTube.com/slash Buzz in the Tower, but yeah. it's not. It's like YouTube.com zero one five eight three four. So whatever. So if you want to check out our YouTube channel, the two best ways to do it are to go to our website, buzzinthetower.com. And if you go to the bottom, all of our social icons are there and you can click on the YouTube icon or go to YouTube and just search Buzz in the Tower. The reason that we have a YouTube channel. Vanity. It, yeah. <laughs> other than vanity. <laughs> huge shout out to our first official unpaid intern, my brother-in-law, Austin Leduc. How'd you do it? I, I begged, I pleaded. He's so talented, lives in Los Angeles, works in production, and took on the task of backlogging all of our episodes and turning them into kind of a visual medium with everything from clips from the movies to still photos. To, it's incredible. It's really good. And, uh, and he's very and chill about it, too. He's like, yeah, I did it. I'm he, like, well, I'm like, <laughs> he's, he's a fan. Well, remember, this is also the brother-in-law that I took to Vegas for his 21st birthday, and we got... We saw him get a flux capacitor tattoo. So okay, he's, yeah. he's in the mindset. He likes the eighties. <laughs> so Back to the future. Him. Pretty, like, no, he came like, that way. Like I, he came that way. This. I didn't do it to him. <laughs> Another. And so Austin couldn't be happier. So subscribe to that YouTube channel. And then as the weeks progress, we're going to keep on adding more and more of our older episodes, eventually catching up and doing the new ones. The other people that I got to give a shout out to AJ at neon noir productions. So good. We've had them on before as a buzz in the tower spotlight fan spotlight. They did the intro reel to our YouTube channel that you'll find on all these videos. Immensely talented guys. Um, his handle again, at Neon Noir Productions. They do incredible work. They're so talented. Yeah, they have and Disney and Pixar designers. Yeah. And we're like, okay, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> thank a you for doing ours. A a AJ was so gracious to do this and uh, you're going to hear us Blushing talk like about a prom them. Date. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're going to hear us talk about them do, a lot. Do, do prom dates blush? I, Max, I just, am, <laughs> I'm ignoring you. Okay. This is all, we got all the warm, fuzzy, good Corsages stuff out of the way. Yeah. Stuff. Still talking about prom. Okay. <laughs> So look, Mother's Day is is tricky. And I think what Max and I will do first in this episode is we'll try to we'll try to front load all of the emotional stuff, right? Just leak it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the one to own this, right? So you I'm know, worried if it's gonna residually like I'm just gonna we're gonna be talking about I don't know like a silly movie halfway through and I'm still gonna lose it. It could be, it could be. So look, you know, Max, we talked about this before. I lost my mom in my early twenties. Yep. Uh, and everything that if you like anything about me, 
it most likely Debatable. came from her, right? <laughs> if whether it's like a personality, sense of humor, she was, you know, single mom, um, just broke her back working to provide an amazing life for my sister and I. She was a social worker for Children's Protective Services. Oh, wow. Right? I didn't know that. Toughest job in the world. Um, at her funeral, a guy came up to me and hugged me. I didn't cry at her funeral except this one moment. Mm. This guy came up to me and hugged me and said, your mother removed my daughter from my home at a time when I wasn't able to be the type of dad I needed to be, saved my life, her life, and the relationship, and now we're doing great. So like, Holy moly. my mom removed this guy's daughter, yeah. but did it with such grace, and she was so great at her job. So this, my mother was, she was my best friend. I yeah. mean, like, I don't have a better way of explaining it. Like, she was my best friend. Thus, when we hop into this topic, <laughs> and I have to go back and watch these movies, which I'm glad I did, it's gut-wrenching for me because every Mother's Day is really tough for me. But I have to tell you, I was looking forward to it because my life and my accomplishments, I view as a testament to her. So to be able to be on this podcast with you, and this is, again, one of those things we have in common. Sure, you don't like the Goonies as much as I do, but man, do you love your mom. <laughs> and like that makes it so easy for me to sit down and have this conversation. So I, that's the emotional piece for me is uh, this incredible mother. And by the way, because I don't want to forget saying this, in my entire life, I would have told you I was never going to ever meet anyone who's incredible as my mom until I met my wife. Oh, there it is. And man, oh man, there are a few times that I will pay her the type of compliment that I'm paying her right now. She is- hey, the, usually pretty mean. I am very mean. <laughs> she, you know, I, you know, I always tell her, it's so awful. I can't believe I'm uh, admitting this, but I always say to her, Trish, you're the most uh, amazing mother I've ever met and a mediocre wife. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> she does not find that as funny as I do. No one should. No one should. But I mean, she, she has this thing that my mom had and that Trish has, and these movies we're going to talk about. Yeah. This fierce, I will murder you yeah. if you cross my children. Yeah, yeah. And like, I have to tell you, I've got a couple mother-in-laws, Trish's mom and her stepmom, who I don't always agree with because you don't agree with your mother-in-laws all the time. But it's man, like a law. Yeah. But, I, but I, my core respect for them mm. derives from that very concept that if I wronged Trish, they would they would stone. light me on fire yeah. and throw me in a dumpster. Yeah. They wouldn't even think twice about it. It's like that eighties trope where it's like you hurt her, yeah, we'll kill you. Right, right. And and, and who's and, the first to do that? I, probably probably a mom. Yeah, <laughs> probably a mom. Right. Don't was it like Ellen Ripley? <laughs> Ellen Ripley was the first to <laughs> you do stay it. Stay away from her. Oh my god. But so we're gonna talk about these movies, and and this is it's a great topic. You and I sat down and said, who are our favorite eighties moms? And these characters were developed in such a way that it just either reminds me of my mom makes me think of how great moms are but that is my kind of warning on the episode is like I'm I'm emotional about this from a good place the title of mother is something I value more than anything in the world and Max like I mean I've are I've, you yourself though I, I mean you look in the mirror you're like I'm I wish better. I was a mom yeah. <laughs> and you know I'm an egomaniac and yeah. that's the one thing I could never be and and look I've I hijacked the front part of this because I want to give you a minute because I've listened to you talk about your mom and like you have very few redeeming qualities. Like I don't like you. Like you, you chew too loud. You always have to pee. I'm like, nice on a micro level. You're nice on a macro level. No, but, but why I know you're good people. This is why I know you're good people because when you talk about your mom, your eyes do the same things that mine do. They glass up. And yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's just the best. So Donna Shapiro, my mom, I can't even tell you how much I miss her every day. Put a pause on her for a second. Yeah. Let's talk about the woman that made this beautiful young man in front of me. Jane Simon. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, you know how people are like, oh, you're kind of like your mom or like you got parts of your dad. Me and my mom are DNA genetic 
clones basically really so we're flustered by everything it's just like our shoe doesn't tie right you know a phone call gets dropped <laughs> the other day you were like i tried to put my key in the door and it didn't work yeah, three times yeah. and you were like all upset about yeah. it <laughs> so we're empaths we feel everything mm -hmm. like we're overly sensitive to other people's needs but we're also overly sensitive that we're doing a bad job somehow yeah, yeah. and it makes us kind of want to react and help everyone else yeah like i want to be nice to everybody because i know how hard life can be sometimes mm -hmm. and i think my mom is the same way i mean my family does this weekly Zoom where we watch a movie and we yeah, talk about I it. I love this. When yeah, you told me about this, cute, I think it's right? great. Like we switch off, everyone picks up. Because you movie. called me a couple times. You're like, I want to recommend this movie, but yeah. is this okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I did risky business. Worked out well, actually. I was a little bit of a risk, but I uh, went for it. But I was telling the story for the family. I was like, I took my dog for a walk. And my mom my mom interrupts, goes, that's incredible. I'm like, that's not the story. <laughs> I love yeah, your mom. Yeah. So I love like, that. I'm like, so proud of you. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah. And really into women's fashion just probably the most fashionable woman i've ever met and when i was like three or four she'd take me to tiffany's bloomingdale's i'd try stuff on and like kind of explains how i am the way it does it does explain a lot <laughs> of fragile how you are. little faberge egg <laughs> status you know i'm a creative and that's too funny <laughs> yeah well actually so here's a really cute story though uh five or six years ago is my uncle's wedding and it's in philadelphia i'm not good with dealing with lots of people in right. general i'm aware yeah. i'm aware <laughs> So I just start sweating profusely. Sure. I'm talking like, I mean, God, who's like Shaquille O'Neal in the fourth quarter of a basketball game. Right. Like, why is this guy dripping? Right. So I go outside. I'm a little panicked. My mom's in these really big heels, like mm -hmm. four or five inches. She's like, let's take a walk. And we took a walk for like 30 minutes around to calm myself down. For all the ladies out there, you know, walking in like those crazy <laughs> heels, impossible. Right. On like Philadelphia sidewalks. Yeah, yeah. She didn't care. She's just like, we're going to walk. We're going to like take the stress out of this. And I'm just going to be with you. I love it. Yeah. I love it. My defining mom's, I, look, I've got a million, actually, ironically, most of the stories I would tell my mom are so inappropriate because she had a mouth on her and a sense of humor on her that makes well, like- thank God you didn't get that. Oh yeah, I know, yeah. right? No, she she was so inappropriate, but it was perfect, right? But my defining story of my mom, I was a really bad kid. No. I mean, yeah, really, not, not just like annoying, but like a really bad kid. You know, when my parents got divorced- I processed a lot of that anger by acting out. Mm. I blamed my mom. I, you know, I was a terrible student. I was, you know, skipping class all the time. I had a lot of problems. So my mom gets notification. I was in seventh or eighth grade and they, uh, they said, you know, we want to meet with you and your son. So my mom comes into the school and we walk up into this room and I walk into the room and there's this huge boardroom table and every single one of my teachers were there. This is in the middle of the day. Yeah. Every one of my teachers got a substitute teacher for their classroom so they could literally stage a surprise intervention on me with, with my mom cats? in the room. Like, no. What were you doing? I just was a really bad kid. Yeah. I mean, it was it was terrible. And they all went around and talked about my attendance was horrific, right? So I was skipping school a lot. And they all went in a circle. And, and, and in fairness to these teachers, they said a lot of great things like, you know, he's, he's intelligent, he's got limitless potential, and he applies himself to nothing, and he's got a terrible attitude. And one by one, they went there. And I, and I sat there, and I didn't really care about myself. I felt horrible. Like I was like, my mom is, must be so humiliated right now. Here my mom is, the single mom working like 70 hours a week, and she's got to deal with this. She's got to come into the school and deal with the fact that her son is like a, a total failure and can't do anything right. And at the end of all of this, they said, you know, Mrs. Shapiro, do you have anything, you know, to kind of say about any of this. And my mom looked them all in the face and said, my son has really bad allergies. And that's a big part of why he misses school. <laughs> she looked the firing squad in the face yeah. and said, I'm going to give you the biggest load of BS right now because I'm not going to put my son through this firing squad. And I walked out of the meeting with her stunned. I mean, stunned. And I walked down to the front of the school and I was getting ready to be yelled at and like just torn to pieces by her. Right. And she looked at me and she just said, oh man, here we go. <laughs> ha. 
I'm all right. I'm all right. So she, I'm, I'm leaking already. <laughs> she looked at me and said, I love you. I will always love you. Things will get better. What can I get you for dinner? Oh, she just effortlessly walked around the block in the heels. I mean, yeah. she didn't care. Like yeah. she, it, her priority was me and the, the greatest joy and pride that I take is I was able to turn the corner while she was alive. She was able to see me go from being this horrible kid to getting good grades, getting into college, graduating from college. Was it a snap like that? You just turned around that day. My freshman you look in the mirror is close. Like, yeah. My freshman year of high school, I had a 1.7 GPA yeah. and almost failed out of high school and it broke her heart. Yeah. And I remember thinking, God, it's so embarrassing. Like all these parents are just looking at her and thinking she's such a failure. And it was about her. I didn't care about myself. And I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I, I went from like quitting the freshman football team and getting terrible grades to getting like a 3.0 the next year. And then a 3.6 the next year. And Were you listening to eye of the tiger? Just getting pretty fired much, up. man. Yeah. I mean, I just, Heart's on fire. I, I, I tell yeah. you, I have a sweet spot in my heart for the comeback story because that's what my story was. When I got into Michigan, it was, people were stunned. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was the kid that their parents would not let their kids hang out with me. I was a terrible, terrible kid. So we spent a good chunk of time talking about this because that to me is what these movie characters are all about, right? It's these incredible roles that we've watched and we're going to talk about these movies and talk about these moms in these movies. But Max, that's really what this is about. These mothers that just, they stood by their kids and some of these stories are going to be more emotional than others. And some of them are light and fun, but that is what we're doing today. We're honoring the, the title of mother, the most important role in my life. There are two people that just, they're in my corner at a profound level, my mom and my high school football coach. And between the two of them, they are the reason that I am here today. I mean, I could, I mean, we could do a podcast called MG and Max's mom and we could just sit and talk for hours about our moms. Uh, I'm not opposed to that, by the way, it would probably save me on my therapy bills, but why don't we talk about therapy? Who's your guy? I should. I know who's your guy. I should be in therapy. I probably will after this. So in talking about these movies, it's like this last 72 hours of my life have been the most emotionally draining ever because you and I landed on these movies we're going to talk about. And just so people People know the process. When Max and I land on a topic, we go back and either rewatch it or watch a lot of the scenes from it. We have loaded ourselves up the last three days with the most emotional, gut wrenching movies ever. It's like, been brutal. It's been yeah. really, really Look rough. Kind of cathartic, though. Oh yeah, but I mean, oh my god. All right, so take cold showers. It's been bad. It's been real bad. So why don't we jump into it, right? Why don't we jump into it? We said we were going to front load the emotional stuff in the episode so we can get a little bit lighter towards the end. I, I don't like this idea. Uh, <laughs> like, Max, why did you? You start with an atomic bomb. This is our favorite our favorite moms from 80s movies. And we're going to start off with a movie called Terms of Endearment, 1983. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Uh, let me give the quick synopsis. Uh, James L. Brooks' first movie. Yeah. Uh, Widow, Aurora Greenway, played by Shirley MacLaine, and her daughter, Emma, played by Deborah Winger, have a strong bond. But Emma marries teacher Flap Horton. Boo, B- Flap. By the way, I love Jeff Daniels. This is the movie that almost makes me permanently hate him. Yeah. That's okay. Marries Flap Horton against her mother's wishes. Uh, when the marriage grows sour due to Flap's cheating, Emma eventually splits from him, returns to her mother, who is involved with a former astronaut, Jack Nicholson, one of my favorite roles. Jack Nicholson is just gold every time. Him in the stingray just oh, on the beach. Just <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. All the pictures of him in this, his house. Yeah, yeah. You would be that way if you were I would be that way if I was an astronaut. Uh, Do you have firefighter pictures of yourself in your house? I don't. Trish would take him down. She'd yeah. be like, you're too full You don't yourself. have a garage where it's just like your stuff? <laughs> my man garage? Yeah. I need one. Uh, soon, Emma learns that she has terminal cancer. In the hospital, supported by Aurora, she tries to make peace with Flap and her children. This is considered by some to be one of the best movies ever made. Yep. Max, you probably have the details on how many Oscars who got them. I mean, I mean they were up for up, up for uh, seven, one five. Yeah. And it made $163 million, which like these emotional tearjerker movies don't do ever. Yeah. 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 I mean, let's 
before we get into the emotional piece, let's talk about a couple quick facts, some interesting stuff. Um, one of the things that I thought was cool, I'm probably going to steal some of the things that you have, but that's okay. Yeah. What the heck? Um, I'll do my couple and then it's all yours. So John Lithgow got called in to replace another actor and he was doing it during a break from filming Footloose. I gave you this fact yesterday and you said we weren't going to use it. Yeah, whatever. Allegedly. <laughs> all right. Here's my favorite fact. I'll give you my favorite fact. James L. Brooks at the completion of this filming was given a book called Life in Hell, cartoons drawn by Matt Groening. Uh, Brooks was so impressed by this that he asked Groening to create a cartoon short for the Tracy Allman show in 1987, uh, which led to The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. So the, the happy part of Terms Endearment is that it led to The Simpsons. You can kind of see it in how the characters interact with each other. It's that dysfunctional, like Homer choking Bart kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, there's, yeah, the, yeah. Like, it, there's that feel to it, that yeah. realness. Yeah. All right, yeah. you go. You, I'm sure you have tons of uh, wonderful facts about this movie before we jump into why it's the most most emotionally devastating <laughs> yeah, film know, I've ever yeah. seen in my life. I love that Shirley McLean was hired for this role because she's the only one that viewed it as a comedy. Yeah, she she brought. I mean, she was great in this. Oh so my yeah. god, the energy. Yeah. She's intense. Yeah, like, and, and an otherwise very very sad story. She's a beacon of light. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's kind of crazy. Her and Deborah Winger got in a shoving match on set. Deborah Winger is known as one of the most difficult people to work with. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So she, um, her career disappeared, but in large part because oh, every no single, per, every single person that she was working with had these stories of her being very like quirky. Like Officer and Gentleman Yeah. Yep. Okay. She had a terrible time with Richard Gere in that movie. Urban it, it, Cowboy. Oh, that's right. God, she was in Urban Cowboy. Yeah. John Travolta. I totally forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sure. I mean, she, she was a, a booming star. I mean, she had lots of great stuff. I mean, her roles, she was doing wonderful. And she, yeah, she kind of has a Zoe Deschanel, but like more real yeah. quality to her. Yeah, yeah. You got any other cool facts before we hop into the tear jerk? Uh, no, let's start crying. Let's do it. Start crying. Okay. Oh, wait, no, no. The dad, Aurora's husband, who you don't see, is Albert Brooks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Max, for, for the mom that we picked in this movie, are you are you more leaning towards Aurora or Emma? Aurora. So this is tough. I know this is our favorite movie moms. I, I'll go with Aurora as well, but I'll give a case for Emma. So... Is this a competition? What do you mean? We can, talk, not a about, competition. We can talk about both of them. They're both incredible Mom moms. Olympics. Aurora doesn't care about anything. Except her daughter. Yeah. Remember when she's poking her awake in the beginning yep. to make sure she's not dead? I mean, Aurora's husband dies. They move into their new house. And the scene where she says, you know, I know you're kind of quiet today. I know you're processing this. You know, do you want to come sleep in my bed? And, like, and, 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 Emma, and Emma says, no, but you want to come sleep in mine? <laughs> yeah. Like this um, relationship between the, the two of them. Like in a relationship. It's, it's beautiful, right? Yeah. It's always her mom. Her mom has this singularity of focus protecting and taking care of her daughter. And that beautiful relationship is what makes it so painful when her daughter starts dying Yeah, because she's losing a part of her. I would, I, Max, I would say there can't be anything worse than outliving your children. It's, no. the, it, I mean, it's just the absolute worst thing in the world. Um, I, I can't even imagine it. And then in this movie, there's so many just beautiful scenes. I mean, the pain, the pain medication scene. Yeah. I mean, I Give just, my daughter the shot. I just, you can yeah. feel, you can just feel the devastation of her as, as a parent, as a mother, all you want to do in your entire life is protect your children. Yeah. And then something foreign enters her body and is ravaging her and she can't stop it. And it's just, it's devastating. Um, the scene, I, I I'm you're jumping, right? I, I'm Jesus not all right. I'm dying. I'm jumping. This, I, <laughs> I'm jumping all I'm around. I'm trying to make this light. And I can't just, make this just, light. This is, how do you make terms of endearment light? Do how mean? do you make it light? So, I mean, like when. Oh. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Thank okay. you. You yeah. sit, sit back yeah. down, sit back down. All right. Let me, let me, let me just do this. Cause this is the, this is the toughest scene in, in everything we're doing today. This is the most emotional and toughest thing for me to talk about. So I want to get it out of the way. Yeah. When Emma has Teddy and Tommy, yeah. her two children come into the hospital room and is essentially saying goodbye to them. That scene when Deborah Winger, when Emma is essentially saying goodbye to her children is the hardest thing in the world for me to watch. 
it's it literally like when my mom was passing away, yeah. she like we took care of her at home and all she told me, she said, just please always take care of your sister. Mm-hmm. And I just I the reason why Emma to me and Aurora are these amazing parents and these these wonderful moms is because in, in the face of death, Emma's dying. And what's on her mind? Her kids. Yeah. That's all she cares about. Yeah. She wants, she tells her oldest son, one day you're going to realize that you did love me and you're going to feel bad. Don't ever feel bad. She's saving him the pain of realizing that that's going to happen. And that's, that's what she's thinking about. That's yeah. it. She's thinking about, are you, you know, be sweet. Yeah. Just yeah. be, just be good. And, and Teddy and Tommy, these two little kids, the best child acting performance I've ever seen in my life. You like, think so? oh my God, they are incredible. The the younger one, which is Teddy, how he's like crying and can't hold it together in there. I mean, that's hard to get little kids to do that. And I like then, the nephew from Say Anything. The, little <laughs> the nephew is good. Yeah. I know you're talking. Thank you. Bring me back. Make your jokes. Yeah. Bring me back. All right. That's it. I, I honestly, like I'll pull back. Like, I, I mean, the reason that this is one of our best moms and why we love this movie and why we love her as a Mother's Day mom that we're calling out yeah. is because this is what we talked about. This is your mom, my mom, mama bear protecting her kids. And it's it's also the beautiful relationship between a mother and a daughter. And also they're intense and mean in light times, but they really buckle down and care for each other in hard times. Great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great point. Great point. Because I mean, remember, you're, you're not special enough to overcome a bad marriage. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. But. Was she right? Well, and and it's it, remember when she slapped uh we slapped Tommy right outside yeah. the hospital yeah. and and like that that scene too like Tommy is her grandson but Emma's always going to be her daughter yeah and when her grandson was speaking poorly of her and she slapped him across the face and then they embraced and he started crying I just she was Shirley McLean was the best mom ever yeah. I like when they're in bed just with their feet up drinking tea talking yeah. astronaut yeah that stuff's good too yeah yeah yeah. Oh. Yeah. Also, Flap Horton Boo, by the way, if you're cheating on your wife, don't do it on campus with a baby in your little baby Bjorn. Yeah. That was rough. God, I love Jeff Daniels, too. So he looks so thin and young. I don't consider that. He doesn't look the same, right? I don't consider that real Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I always, I just reflect back on Jeff Daniels as Harry from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Brings me out of my (laughs) hatred for what he's doing. But no, I mean, when we listed this movie, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it is, it's a beautiful movie. It's hard to go back to. <laughs> it's, it wasn't easy to watch. Yeah, yeah. I remember you and I were texting each other. I was like, are you yeah. through, are you through this? Well, like, yeah. Steel Magnolias. And we picked this. Yeah. Yeah. Steel Magnolias is another good oh, one. Oh, Sally Field. Oh my God. Max from one, from one emotionally devastating movie <laughs> to the next. And like I said, once we get past this one, I think I'm okay. I, I think the rest of the movies I can be reasonably like, okay, but this is another one that this one got you. Yeah. I mean, because you know me in cartoons. Uh, all right. So the 1988 film, the land before time executive producers were George Lucas and Steven Spielberg on this only movies that they did outside of Indiana Jones together. Yep. Don Bluth, who is a genius. You love him so I, much. I do love him. Yeah. Well, this whole story, whatever. Let me tell you what the movie's about. Uh, Littlefoot, a young plant eating dinosaur is orphaned after his mother perishes while protecting him from a vicious carnivore. Sharp tooth. Sharp tooth. I was waiting for you to hop in. I knew you would. With her last breath, she tells him how to get to the legendary Great Valley, where he will be reunited with others of his kind. With his, his grandparents. His grandparents. Uh, with his friend, Sarah. Get it? Triceratops. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah I figured yeah. you didn't. With his friend, Sarah, uh, Littlefoot sets out uh, to the fabled land, meeting a variety of new friends along the way while also being tracked by the killer dinosaur that mortally wounded his mother. Facts first, right? Uh, there were over six. Well, let's talk about Don Bluth for a second. His story is incredible. He worked for Disney. His yep. dream was just to do the Disney thing. And as he got up the ranks, he he didn't like the direction they were well, going. Well, Disney had a rough 80s. It, very it's, rough. It's Little Mermaid. Is there anything else? Uh, 
No, there's a really good documentary on Disney that talks about like the Disney, gap. what happened? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. And it talks about the gap and they, they made a lot of budget cuts and they weren't, you know, because you look, go back to some of those originals, right? Like yeah. Snow White. Fantasia. And, yeah, what Bluth basically wanted is he wanted these rich tapestries of stories and, yeah. and a little bit of darkness to it, you know? And he did that. I mean, the movies that he worked on, and we'll talk about one a little bit later, but this one in particular, there's over 600 background paintings were used for this film. That's an incredible amount. That's just your background settings, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of using kind of the generic ones over and over again this was the most expensive animated movie of all time when it came out the land before time enjoyed the highest grossing opening weekend that any animated film had ever seen 7.5 million in in their opening weekend yeah it cost 6.5 too right yeah Yeah. well that's good at least they made their money back quick james horner who did Braveheart, Titanic, Avatar. He was the composer. Oh, wow. This, yeah, which I think is is super cool. And then this is my last fact, which I think is fascinating. So you remember Ruder, the character, like right after Littlefoot's uh, mom died and he's by himself and that one dinosaur kind of like pep talks him. Oh, yeah. So Ruder, he, his, he said something like, you'll always miss her, um, but she'll always be with you as long as you remember the things she taught you. That character was added because they had child psychologists watch the original. It's uh, like, you can't do this to kids. And they're like, yeah, like this is like way too, like uh, Lucas and Spielberg made them cut a bunch of stuff, yeah. but they were very concerned what would happen after Littlefoot's mom passed away. So this was the recommendation of a, ch- a couple child psychologists was to add that character. Yeah. But you get mama long neck too, with uh, the voiceover in spirit, kind of the Mufasa thing later. It's pretty devastating, right? Like, yeah, but the voice makes you think that she's still there. Like in spirit, some things you see with your eyes, I, others it, you see with your heart. Right. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other facts before I hop into the movie piece of it? No, I'm, uh, 13 sequels were made, which is insane. 13. Oh, yeah, right. I knew there were some. Because kids like 13. dinosaurs, you know what I mean? And there's like two cartoon shows. Yeah. yeah. This movie, like when I posted about this movie the other day, I get people like reaching out to me and they're like, yeah, this movie devastated my childhood. It's like uh, Artax going yeah. in, into the mud and dying and like Littlefoot's mom dying yeah. are, are just two brutal childhood memories. Well, you know, Spielberg and Lucas wanted this to be a silent movie initially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like uh, Fantasia style. Yeah. Without, yeah, without being voiced. Could have worked. Going back to now our theme of why you know, we're listing mama long neck, mama long neck as one of the best moms. So the entire opening scene, when the egg falls around and pops open, very cute. And she's like licking a uh, little foot and, and, and he nuzzles back on her snuggles. back. You don't know what happened to his dad. You just assume they're dinosaurs. They're becoming extinct. So single mom dinosaur yep. and her grandparents. Again, this just touches me, right? Like I, my, my mom raised me and her parents were still alive. And I'm just thinking about so my, those teachers were your shark. I had, a, I had a little sister named Sarah, you yeah. know, I, did you, did you connect that when you saw this? That's the wild thing about little kids. I think that children see movies like that and they recognize that there's like a sadness to his mom passing away. Mm. But the reality is, is that they don't comprehend mortality the same way that I do. So now as a 42 year old adult, when I see this, it it knocks me down for like a day and a half, yeah. you know, like I probably was over it within minutes when, when I was like, Oh, now they're all playing and they made it to the Valley. Whereas like now, as we're talking about this, I'm just like, God, why did they, why did mama long neck have to I mean, she die? took on a T-Rex. She did. Yeah. And, and, and this beat is, him. and this is, this goes to our theme. This is our running theme of why we pick these characters going Life back to T-Rexes. Term. Yeah. Max, you and I are constantly in danger of T-Rexes attacking us. And, it feels that way. and thank God we've got yeah. moms that are willing to attack attack them you know short hands good day of short hands <laughs> uh but no she's i mean she definitely is one of my favorite 80s movies moms uh, uh mama long neck loved her baby and only in like 10 minutes of the movie i know but that's all she needed her mufasa who's who's more <laughs> well put mufasa on the father's day list is that <laughs> yeah, what you're saying <laughs> all right max we made it 
through the two that I thought were most likely going to be emotionally devastating for me. Although, oh, by then, the way, should we get a tree star in the studio? Yes, yeah, and absolutely. Wear it on our head? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Could we put little like drops of dew on it yeah. and, and put like a voice recording of our mom behind? Oh my god, no. I'll start crying if I hear that all the time. Bad idea. What no. a good idea to bad idea. Terrible idea. The next movie. <laughs> this is so funny because as as you and I are texting back and forth about uh, the movies that how they got to us. You told me this made you cry. And I was like, how did this movie make you cry? She's defending her kid the whole time. uh, All right. So the next movie that we're highlighting positivity, I guess Lucille LaRusso. There it is. Daniel LaRusso's mom, Karate Kid, 1984. So good. Daniel, uh, played by Ralph Macchio. Who's 22 at the time. Right. Moves to Southern California with his mother, Lucille, played by Randy Heller, uh, but quickly finds himself the target of a group of bullies who study karate at the Cobra Kai Dojo. (laughs) No mercy. (laughs) Fortunately, Daniel befriends Mr. Miyagi played by Pat Morita, an unassuming repairman who just happens to be a martial arts master himself. <laughs> Miyagi, often. Yeah, Miyagi takes Daniel under his wing, training him in a more compassionate form of karate and preparing him to compete against the brutal Cobra Kai in the All Valley Tournament. Don't even sign him up. <laughs> he steals a belt. Body bags, Max. We need body bags. <laughs> So Randy Heller was like a TV show queen. Did you know about this? I didn't. What was she in? She's in Fame, The White Shadow, Alf, Who's the Boss. Well, who's e- she in Alf? I mean, she was just a guest spot. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about like she was in a major role in Alf. ER, Family Matters, Coach, Mad oh, wow. Men, Grey's Anatomy. Okay, okay. I mean, that's. Did you watch The White Shadow, by the and, way? And Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch The White Shadow? No. Oh, you got to watch The White Shadow. <laughs> and she's a Brooklyn gal. So mm-hmm. it's like she has that attitude with her. I yeah. Just, I just enjoy that it's real to life with her. Sure, sure. I still can't believe this movie made $130 million. Uh, I can. It's <laughs> literally one of the greatest movies ever made. Did you go out and sign like sign up for karate the next day? I, I was karate was huge because of this movie. I know. We talk, I mean, we I think we we talked about this before, but there was this huge increase. Like everybody wanted to do karate. Everybody was signing up for dojos. I should have wish back if I could go back in time, I wish I knew karate. Yeah. Let's move into the why we picked her as one of our favorite 80s moms. Daniel LaRusso is a whiny little brat. Yep. Uh, and hormones, you know, <clears throat> popping out, that kind of stuff. I don't even know if it's hormones. Is it hormones? I think he's just an entitled little brat. And look, I, I'm an entitled little brat. Yeah. You're an entitled little brat. Yes. So is it okay for us just to say he's an entitled little brat? So yeah, I guess. We don't, I, it's not disclosed in The Karate Kid, but we find out, I think, in Cobra Kai, or at some point we find out that his dad had passed away. Right. So residual so, anger. So she's a widow. She's trying to find a better life. The whole opening scene of this movie, they're they're in a road trip from Newark to L.A. And She's beautiful. He's fun. Right. Or where not L.A., but California, whatever. Um, they're on this road trip and she has like the most positive, wonderful attitude, you know, like California. Here we here come. We come. Yeah. And, and Daniel at every turn. And I get it. He's moving away from his friends. It's a new place. I'm not saying that he should be like Johnny Sunshine, but even when they pull up and she's like, Daniel. Look at all these palm trees. They're everywhere. And he's like, yeah, great. Coconuts are going to fall on our head. (laughs) He is the most glass half empty person in the world. Her positivity and her energy to me is like classic awesome mom work, right? Yeah. Like keeping the boat afloat. Yeah. And like, and yeah, (laughs) I just gave a a nice, Yeah. yeah. She moves out there to take a job with some computer company, which we assume falls through because she basically ends so up working at a restaurant. they scrapped that in the script. Yeah. And they were just like, eh, we're not going to do that. Well, she makes the comment when uh, Daniel sits down to have lunch with her at the restaurant. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, well, this is better than any computer job would have been. But No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> she also has that like element of 
can't be embarrassed. Like my mom was like that, yeah. right? Like I could be embarrassed. My mom when could not waving, be embarrassed. Just, Hi. She doesn't yeah. care. Like, well, they're, they're at the arcade place and, uh, and they're like, well, why don't we ask Daniel's mommy? And they're yeah. like, and she's like, hi kids. Yeah. It's well, humiliating. When they're, when they're picking up Allie and the car stalls out oh, in she, front of the rich kid's yeah, house. And yeah, she doesn't yeah. even miss a beat. She's like, you drive a stick. Good. <laughs> Put in a second, let it roll. Yeah. When I say pop it, pop, pop it. it. Yeah. yeah. Happens but, all the time. But like the whole point is in all of this, yeah. not only does she have her son's back, but even when he's being awful, right? Like he just gets the crap kicked out of him. He throws his bike in the dumpster. He's complaining that it's not fair. She yeah. said, you know, why don't the two of us talk about this? Let's yeah. let's figure this I out. I can't help you if you don't tell me what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And she it's is de- great parent line. When, when when he has like a black eye or the cut on his face, you can see it in her face, dude. She's devastated. Yeah. Like that like she's the mama bear. She's yeah. like, don't hurt my son. And just like the genuine love that she has for Miyagi. That like she recognizes Daniel needs a strong male role model, and you know whether it's cutting bonsai trees or learning karate. I don't know, man. She's she's great. She just she's fantastic. Also the fashion too. It's so eighties. It's just so brightly 80s. colored shawls and yeah. like the high neck librarian yeah. look with the bob haircut. Yeah. Or they're in the tournament and uh, he's laying on the on the table before Miyagi uses his uh, witchcraft to fix yeah. his leg. <laughs> And she just kisses him on the forehead and yeah. said how, how proud she is of him. Like, that's just classic mom work right Although there. Although she was wrong about one thing. She says fighting doesn't solve anything. Fighting, fighting solves, solves everything. Solves a lot of Everything, stuff. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that takes us to our next awesome 80s mom from a movie called Secret of Nim. This is, of all the movies that I've turned you on to, this is probably the one I'm most proud of because you, I remember when I told you about this and you did a little Googling, you're like, MG, I see this pop up everywhere. People talk about this movie. Like they're like pray at the altar of this movie. I go, Max, it's like really, really good. It's intense. It's, it is. It's not a kid's movie. Because it's Bluth. Again, it's that, it's that rich tapestry of animation mixed with like a little bit of a dark story. So you think Bluth was a happy guy? I do. Because what's the core of his story? I think Bluth probably had the best mom in the world. Amulets and magic. I don't know. Like what's (laughs) rats can can talk. (laughs) You love magic. What's Game of Thrones? Secret. Secret of Nim, 1982. Uh, Mrs. Brisby, a widowed mouse, must move her children out of their home in a field before the local farmer starts plowing. Unable to leave because her son is ill, Mrs. Brisby seeks the help of nearby rats who have heightened intelligence after being subjects to scientific experiments. This is a sci-fi movie. We should consider that, by the way. <laughs> for, our top, for our top sci-fi yeah, movies? Sh- we'll talk about it later. Don't worry. She receives an unexpected gift from the elder rat Nicodemus, which is a great name. Soon, Mrs. Brisby his hands is, freak me out. Oh, yeah, you hate his hands. Mrs. Brisby is caught in a conflict among the rats, jeopardizing her mission to save her family. NIM stands for National Institute of Mental Health. She has four children. The entire movie is about her trying to save her kids. Yeah, because she's kind of a sweet, kind of introverted person. Yeah, a little but, mousy. Yeah. Oh, but God. Yeah. That's a me joke. Yeah, <laughs> it is a huge joke. Terrible. I'm trying to keep my emotions equalized by being a little bit uh, cheesy. So yeah. there you go. So the voice really makes it in this movie. It's by yeah. it's Elizabeth Hartman. Mm-hmm. Do you know her story a little bit? I don't. Bit? No, no. What's her story? So really talented in the 70s. She was in some Clint Eastwood movies. She dealt with depression, and I think she killed herself in 1987. Oh, that's tough to hear. Yeah, but it's like she had a lot of demons and issues with herself, and she was kind of just very sad. That, like, re- that really kind of speaks to, to your point, the depth in her voice, because she yeah. does do a fantastic job voicing uh, Mrs. Brisby. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I'm sad, but I'm going to push through kind yeah. of vibe to yeah. it. And I, I don't know, just something, there's very something very expiring about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so like she stopped a tractor. I mean, she's just like, screw it. I need to stop this that, freaking that, tractor. That, that's, that's what kind of like animation is a great place for this because it's obviously the special effects and everything would be hard to do in a real movie. But she overcomes fears that you would never associate a mouse being able to overcome. Stopping the tractor, meeting, meeting with, with the owl. owl. Yeah. The cat spider. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the cat, spider. 
Cat's scary. Dragon's, Cat, dragon's terrible. Yeah. He's terrifying. And then at the very end, just the, the heart that's inside of her, you know, um, evoking the power of that crystal. Oh, yeah. And, and then moving the brick and saving her family. And she's I, got some good words of wisdom, too. You can unlock any door if you only have the key. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Is that her word of wisdom or is that what was in, engraved on the back of the... Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember. I'm like, I don't remember her being so sage, but that's okay. That's all right. Does she have any other sage advice? Um, <clears throat> no, not really. She has, you know, she did gave really good advice to Dom DeLuise, the crow. What'd she say? Uh, just about like attracting, remember, because it's a big thing. Germany, getting, yeah. yeah, getting all the, getting all the yarn and string and she gives him some good dating advice, but yeah. um, no, I mean. I, she tells him she likes him. Yeah. Bye now. <laughs> Secret of Nim, Mrs. Brisby, she's a, she's a rock star, a classic, awesome 80s and mom. And she's a superhero on the end absolutely when the amulet starts glowing yeah. and she kind of like superpowers super intelligent she can yeah. read because she wasn't experimented on she was taught to read by her husband yeah I'm, I'm pretty positive she was not part of nim she was taught to read by her husband yeah so she's doing all this at Better a disadvantage she have, she's going to night yeah. school she's basically rocky right yeah. she's not getting injected with the steroids in rocky four like drago is she had to really do weird own. analogy okay then yeah. anyways and also when uh, she blows on the medicine for timothy yeah. i'm like yeah oh, mom Tim, timmy come on call him timmy is it timmy it's timmy okay <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, she tells it. She makes it okay to cry. It's okay yeah. to break down a little bit. Another tearjerker. Another tearjerker, which is insane to me that you think it's a tearjerker. But more importantly, before we hop into the next one, now is probably a good time to take a commercial break. Yeah, I call it a commercial Let's go break. Back to it's, the really, ads. it's really just an ad spot, right? <laughs> yeah. Buzz in the towers brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, sure. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. <laughs> Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man, and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is it's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wolf of Brimley and Cocoon. You know, what I mean, it's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. We're getting down to our last couple movies and gun to our head. You and I both have the the exact same person as our number one, like unquestionable, take the title, 80s movie mom. As the actress or as the, as the actress? Okay, yeah. So forget the role. Yeah, yeah. If we had to pick the actress, we know who it would be. Yeah. So let's hop into that. Footloose, 1984. Spruce Di- Moose. Diane Weiss. Yeah. Moving in from Chicago, newcomer Ren McCormick, played by Kevin Bacon, is in shock when he discovers the small Midwestern town he now calls home has made dancing and rock music illegal. That's crazy, Max. Yeah, you can't, it really you can't get rid of the rock. I know there yeah. are a lot of places where it yeah. happened. As he struggles to fit in, Ren faces an uphill battle to change things. With the help of his new friend, Willard, 
love you Willard. love Willard. He can't dance. <laughs> oh, Chris Penn. I, Chris Penn's role in Best of the Best has forever ruined him for me. What? Just so you know. <laughs> he mostly plays guys like Best of the Best. I know. Yeah. New friend Willard and defiant teen Ariel Moore, Lori Singer. He's hoping to loosen up the conservative town, but Ariel's influential father, Reverend Shaw Moore, played by John Lithgow, stands in the way. And you know who stands in the way of John Lithgow? His wife? His wife. Yeah. Anything on the movie before we hop into the movie? I think it's wild. You know, Diane Weiss was only nine years older than Lori Singer. What? Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Well, Lithgow's only 12 years older than her, too. God, that's so, so weird to me when you think of the gaps. I, yeah. I, that's, that's nuts. Because it doesn't feel like that at all. No, it feels like there's they feel like a family. 20 or 30 decades between them. Yeah. 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 Oh, 20 yeah. or 30 decades. That'd be, how, about, how about 20 or 30 years, maybe? Yeah. yeah. There you go. I missed it. You just did. That's okay. That's okay. So... Diane Weist plays Vi Moore, yeah. the uh, wife of Reverend Shaw Moore. She steals my heart in this movie, man. Yeah. Like, she actually listens to her daughter. Yeah. And and even more than listening to her daughter, she takes her husband, who is this like larger than life character in this movie, and keeps him in check in a way that's reasonable, feasible, and manageable, right? Like she becomes the moral compass of the Reverend. Yeah. Now it, it so happens that she's listening to her daughter, but she's also listening to Ren when they're at that town hall. Yeah. And the one woman is like yelling and doesn't want Ren to speak. And she stands up and says, sit down, let the boy speak. That's her role. She becomes the heart of the town. Yeah. You think in your mind that Lithgow's character is really the heart of the town. But uh, to me, I think it's, it's his wife. Well, you gotta remember she lost her son too. And yeah. she, she doesn't seem angry or upset. She kind of seems to have made peace with it and kind of wants to, a better world for everyone who's still there. Absolutely. He's more is holding on to the past. And and just her, her brutal honesty, like uh, when she talks about how, how jealous she used to get because oh, the, yeah. the, the two of them yeah. were so close and she like chokes up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. She's great or, in this movie. I see you chasing after and I see her running from you. It's like, ah, it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, her best scene though is actually, there's no words in it. It's when finally Reverend Shaw allows the dance mm-hmm. and the Kenny Loggins music. So yep. The bass line comes in uh-huh. and you see her like smirking with excitement. It's like kid on Christmas. She's yeah. like, mm, it's happening. And, and that's, I'm going, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the other great characteristics of moms sometimes is they enjoy the victories of their children almost more than their children do. Yeah. Like that win that she was experiencing and showing her joy for wasn't the win. It was the win for her kid. It was the the change for, for what was going on. Like that kind of vicarious celebration is incredible. Yeah. And she's supportive. You know what I mean? Super she, she sees her husband changing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And she coaxed that along. I mean, even when they, even uh, when they're outside watching the dance from the outside in yeah. and then they're like, you know, you did a good thing here. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, the, the corsage. Oh, she's a boss. I yeah. mean, like when they're in the church and she's in the pew in front of them and she doesn't look back. How do people do that when you talk know. to someone and you just look forward? <laughs> I've always wanted to do that, like the JFK look out the window. Yeah. Be like, I declare today. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. It's like, that's a power move. Well. Diane Weist, JFK. Diane Weist not only was one of our favorite 80s moms in this movie, but our last movie that we're going to talk about today for our uh, fabulous, fantastic, wonderful 80s movies moms. On the nose title. This movie is the best movie I've ever seen at explaining what having a family is like. Yeah. It just does it perfectly. Not sugarcoated. Ron Howard just crushed it. 
Just crushed it. Veronica crushes everything. He does. Uh, Parenthood, 1989. Perfectionist Gil Buckman, played by Steve Martin, who, by the way, didn't have his first child. Steve Martin didn't have his first kid until he was 67 years old. Isn't that wild? I know. He seems like he's been a dad. He seems like he'd be the best dad in the world. Although he's got a little bit of Uncle Max in him. Like, I also think he'd be like an amazing uncle, you know? Fun, wacky. Yeah, but he has the kindness in his eyes. It's like he was destined to be a dad. Yeah. I was surprised when I read that. Uh, You think he just rebelled against it? No, I think he was very career focused, right? He was a stand up comedian, a lot of traveling, you know? too. Yeah, so I think that was probably more of it. So perfectionist Gil Buckman, played by Steve Martin, struggles with the deficiencies of his children, thinking that they reflect poorly on his parenting. And Gil's siblings only add to the stress of his life. One of his sisters, played by Diane Weiss, uh, faces difficulty when her teenage daughter, played by Martha Plimpton, becomes pregnant uh, by only the most amazing guy in the world, Todd. Uh, Todd yeah, who is, uh, of course, Keanu Reeves. Harley Jane Kozak clashes with her husband, Rick Moranis. Uh, Rick Moranis is great in this. Because not a typical Rick Moranis role at all. No, it, like, it's the intense yeah. overachiever kind Loved of thing. It. Gil's immature brother turns up as well with a young son he can barely handle. But more important to any of this is also... <laughs> Also, Gary, the uh, Weiss's youngest son, played by Joaquin Phoenix, which you did Phoenix at the time. Yeah, it's really interesting. So some of the facts about this movie that I thought explain the movie. This was a real collaborative process. You had multiple writers, producers and directors who all pulled from their own uh, family experiences to create these subplots that were going on. Yeah, It feels li- like real and lived in. Yeah. And it. Th- you said it perfectly. I don't have anything to add. Like it, I f- feel all this, like I've seen all this, right? Like my oldest struggled a little bit in school and immediately my first thought was like, I screwed up. What did I do wrong? How yeah. is this? And I just made it about me, about me. And then when we finally got her like a little bit of support, she did great. And it was me that was creating the roadblock because my ego was getting in the way. And I'm just like, I'm Gil. I like watch some Gil. Then in the next scene, I'm like, I'm this person. Yeah. And it's just the family dynamics are incredible. Kids are messy. They're not appliances. No, they're not at all. <laughs> the grandma's great. The, the, the speech the grandma gives about roller coasters. Oh, and yeah, the yeah. up and down yeah. and all around. I hate roller coasters. Uh, yeah. Another great mom in this movie, not as great as Diane Weiss's character, but another very good one is Gil's wife, Karen, who's played by Mary Steenbergen. Yeah. Do you know she was best friends with Diane Weiss in the 70s? No. And they used to wait tables together? Well, that's fantastic. Huh. Even more important to me than that, her role in Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. As the mom, <laughs> she was incredible in that movie. She's the ultimate mom. Step Brothers is the best. Yeah. I know it's not an 80s movie, but like if you haven't seen Step Brothers, it's, it's one of the funniest movies I've seen in the last decade. Decade. Like I love, is it even older than a decade? I think it's, I think it's 2008. God, yeah. I, oh Jesus. <laughs> Let's focus on Diane Weiss. Her character. Helen. Helen. Thank you. Oscar nominated. For this movie? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Best That's great. Yeah. Uh, Helen. Helen reminds me of my mom a lot. Really? Yeah. She was dealing with some screwed up kids. <laughs> me yeah. and my sister were not easy to yeah. cope with. And in this movie, what shines through is that despite having a son who's going through a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing with Gary is he has that weird paper bag with, you know, adult, adult, adult material, adult, and material and the, the adult movies. Yeah. And when she gets Todd to talk to him and he talks about him, Gary going through changes at that time. And, you know, it could be very troubling to hear all that kind of stuff. But Todd tells her that Gary's happy and he smiled. And, and that's she, all that that's mattered. all that she cared about. You got it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Or it, she can reverse it, though, when Gary wants to live with her, his dad. And she's like, okay, call him. And she's watching it. She lets him fail, which I give so much credit to. Yeah. I, I didn't get to learn. I don't, 
Yeah, I, I know, I know where you're going that. with this. I know you were never allowed I, I, to fail. I don't know if I want to say this. <laughs> you know, it's true. But look, that's, by the way, my mom was the same way. Yeah. So like, it's not a bad thing. Like my mom never wanted me to feel pain. Yeah. She never wanted me to feel failure. Look, my mom's fantastic. She wasn't perfect. Yeah. Like that's not the best approach to always take, especially when you have an egomaniac son who thinks he's God, you shouldn't probably protect him from failing. But in this movie, you're right. She allows him to go through that. And then just with her daughter, when Keanu Reeves, when Todd gets in the car drag, accident, drag racing, the drag racing and, and her daughter is like, this is too real for me. And this she's too like, intense. this is marriage. This is marriage. Yeah. Get in there and now get and, into the truck. And uh, the conversation that she has with her son when that's over mm. is so great because it's the quintessential moment for a mother moms put they pour all this time and all this energy into raising their kids they make sacrifice that's the word i think of sacrifice they sacrifice their body yeah. they sacrifice their brain their soul they do everything for their kids and they don't do it expecting anything right they don't do it thinking they're going to get an award one day or that they're going to get their kids going to win an oscar and say i want to thank my mom they don't do it for that but when you have these moments where you get a little bit back. Yeah. It's the best. And the he gets, wins. and that's what Gary does. He, the light kicks on in his head and says, wow, you're a pretty amazing mom. As she's explaining, you know, Gary said, why are you doing this all for her? If you don't like Todd or if you don't think it's going to last. And she says, because I want you guys to be happy. That's yeah. all I ever want is for you to be happy. And so if one of your daughters walks in with a Todd, what are you doing? Oh man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not emotionally prepared to have that conversation at all, at all. Just a shaved head counter. Uh, Max. I just want my daughter to be happy. You're going to say that? <clears throat> well, I'm not a mom. I'm a dad. So I don't have to is act. Trish going to buy and like make you, make you feel okay about it. Let me tell you something about Trish. It's so funny. Like she thinks that I'm so crazy. Cause like oh, you she, are. I am crazy, but let me tell you something. Like when it comes to the girls, you know, she's got a very level head about it. It. That little boy of hers, yeah. for whatever my mom would like cradle me in her arms when I was like a teenager and just look into my eyes and be like, I love you so much. You're everything to me. Yeah. The illness that my mom had is just as strong in my wife. <laughs> the way that she looks at my son and how she is with him. And she loves the girls like, but it's just a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> that little boy walks on water. When Aaron comes home with a girl, mm. God help her. <laughs> You think I'm you think I'm nuts? Like I'll just be happy to have someone to hang out with, yeah. right? Like a boy comes home and be like, Look, you wanna go play golf or something? Yeah. Trish will, Trish will burn a hole <laughs> through that girl's forehead staring at her. Like it's not gonna be healthy at all. But no, she Gary, that moment, the the sacrifice, and then Gary makes a comment about like I'm happy that you're dating my teacher. You know you deserve to be treated well by someone. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing to say. And to I like mom. that she dialed down. You could tell she had higher expectations of who she's going to date afterwards. Yeah, and she's like uh, the biology teacher is nice. Yeah, he's yeah. a good guy. Yeah, and, just, and she needed to be just treated well. That's yeah. it. He's got a comfortable uh, sweater too. Parenthood is. Uh, we'll talk about parenthood when we get to Father's Day as well because. Par I love, I love, I love parenthood. Yeah. I mean, I love this movie, yeah. uh, but it's yeah. Diane Weiss, Diane Weiss takes home the MVP for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that covers all the movies that we wanted to talk about having to do with our favorite moms. Inspirational moms. Maybe we could drop a couple movies in here for the not so good moms. Yeah. Maybe like our, our two worst. Evil uh, moms. Yeah. So I think we start with the most obvious one. <laughs> This is so absurd to even say it. Mrs. Voorhees. Pamela. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry, Pamela. People forgot the first Friday the 13th, uh, 1980, which by the way, isn't today the anniversary of it the is. release? May yeah, 9th, you told me 1980. That. People forget like there's no Jason in that. <laughs> At the very end for a second. For a hot second. Yeah. But the, that terrified me. It is terrifying, but it's way more about, about, her. about her. Yeah. Crystal Lake's history of murder doesn't deter counselors from setting up a summer camp in the woodsy area. Yeah. Superstitious locals warn against it. 
but a fresh-faced young group of people, one of which is Kevin Bacon, Woo! by the way, they pay little heed to the old-timers. Then they find themselves stalked by a brutal killer. Uh, as they are slashed, shot, and stabbed, the counselors struggle to stay alive against the merciless opponent. Yeah. Betsy Palmer plays Mrs. Voorhees. Not a good mom. No. No. No, she loves her kids, though. She does. She's still talking well, to her. Well, yeah. you know. It's, well, the counselor should have been watching him. Yeah, the counselor should have been watching him. So, uh, yeah. This movie's nuts. Yeah. Uh, like, absolutely nuts. So, Cunningham, who did the movie, he was heavily influenced by Carpenter's Halloween, uh, which I thought was like a nice open admission. I mean, it's... I know. The film, they started advertising the film before they got financing. Really? Isn't that a weird fact? Wait, you know this film only cost $550,000? Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the other awful mom of the 80s, yeah. uh, Max, there is no mom. Outside of Mrs. Voorhees, this is as bad as this one. Uh, I don't know. She raised three strapping young men. Yeah, yeah. Mama Fratelli from the Goonies, 1985. Old-fashioned yarn about a band of adventurous kids who take on the might of a property-developing company which plans to destroy their homes to build a country club. When the children discover an old pirate map in the attic, they follow it into an underground cavern in search of lost treasure, but they come up against a plethora of dangerous obstacles Good along use the of way. plethora. You like that? Mama Fratelli is not a good mother. Now, you could argue that when she bails her kid out of jail, she gets uh, Jake out of jail. You shouldn't bail play, him out. Played, <laughs> yeah, broke him out. Yeah. Played by Robert da uh, Davy, Davy, Davy. She, she's pretty physically abusive towards all three of her kids. Yeah. Uh, Great set of pearls in a beret, sloth, though. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the laws in Oregon, but I'm pretty sure you can't take uh, chains from a zoo and chain your adult child in a basement. I don't think so. No, probably not. Uh, she's pretty awful. Um, but you know she's based on a real person? No. Yeah. Who? She's based on 20th century criminal legend, Kate Baker, who was Ma Baker. And she had a group of sons. Yeah. And she was called by Ed Jager Hoover, the most dangerous, vicious, and resourceful criminal brain of the last decade. Well, there you go. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's Mama Fratelli. Yeah. Uh, played by Ann Ramsey. You know, we also could have said, uh, throw Mama from the train. Yeah. Uh, who she also was in that as well as the worst mom. But well, those... you, know you know what's cute about her? I like though. If you want to like her as a person. Uh-huh. So she said, some people say I'm not a very pretty woman, but I'm a very beautiful woman on the inside. Oh, so that's sweet. Yeah. But in the Goonies, she's pretty awful on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she, those she are our, a few times. Those are our two. She kicks her sons. Yeah. Those are our two consolation bad moms. Uh, so. <laughs> and when she has mouth, she's like, uh, has them in a headlock yeah. and with the uh, switchblade, she's yeah, like, yeah. kids suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the, or uh, chunk with the fingers in the, in the blender, like all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But also the kids defend her. It's like, watch your face, mom, with the bad Of course. Yeah, because it's stuck. Stockholm syndrome, right? Like, I don't know. Oh, yo, like yo, it doesn't matter who your mom is. You're always going to defend. Yeah. Your mom. Uh, look, Jason defended his, right? Yeah. Max, we have made it through our episode and that lines up perfectly to do our buzz in the tower fan spotlight. So this week's fan spotlight is a real special one max uh you know obviously we're celebrating mother's day and that gives us creative freedom to do things we don't normally do and we're going to do something very unique for the show we're going to do a live buzz in the tower fan spotlight we're going to bring our guest in but more important than that a very special guest am i right very special very special well look you seem very excited and yeah. nervous your, your classic mix mama for telly live <laughs> oh man i am gonna i'm gonna let you take it and introduce our guest so please go ahead and welcome her to the show so this guest is the one full adult in my family <laughs> younger sister but older in every other way it's my loving wonderful first mother's day ever sister katie sandy happy mother's day katie 
Thank you. Thank you. I want to <laughs> clarify that I'm not physically the oldest member of the family. No, just mentally, mentally. socially, <laughs> you know, as a human being. Max always refers to you as she has her stuff together so well that I just don't know how I'm missing the mark. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you so much for taking time out of your first Mother's Day. And congratulations again. I mean, first Mother's Day is super exciting. Yeah. What'd Jake get you? Thank you. Glad to, to be here. And Jake, who's possibly singing in the background, got me a book that looked very similar to some that I've been being targeted on Instagram and possibly his dad <laughs> has been targeted too. Um, that was really adorable. Uh, it was all about how much Jacob, the baby, loves his mama. Oh, um, that's super sweet. very sweet. We read it together this morning. I, I'm sure you know this, but you should hear me say this. The only thing that Max cares about in the world outside of Buzz in the Tower and bartending is that he loves being an uncle. It's is probably one of his favorite, most beaming with pride things in the world. That is uh, makes me light up. He is uh, a rock star uncle, and I can't wait till Jake is old enough to pick his favorite tattoo on Max's body. Awesome. All uh, of them. Uh, all of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I can't wait till Jake is old enough to go with Uncle Max to get his first tattoo. And I was like, wow, you're pretty progressive. That sounds wild. No, that we can wait. <laughs> yeah, you can wait. Yeah, that's more of like a 10th birthday, 11th birthday, Max? Sixth birthday. Sixth birthday, there you go. <laughs> on his foot, we'll get like an emoji or something. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, well, I'm going to shut up um, because the reason, actually, Max, technically, you're in the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight as oh, well. Man. I know, pressure, right? We wanted to have you and your sister hop on and just take a minute to really uh, to give some love to the one, the only matriarch of the Sanders family. And with that, I am going to shut up and let you guys have at it. So is mom is mom the best mom of all time? I mean, is she the most dedicated front of the line picking us up? Is there anyone who loves their kids more? So I my first note in my head on this was is first in carpool line always. Oh, yeah. So, Definitively, yes. She is always there for us in carpool lines and in life. And uh, she holds down. She's a teacher in, earlier in her life. And then she taught us most of the things we know, including to be very careful as we move throughout the big world. Um, and she is the most dedicated, loving, really just wonderful mom. And she's really fashionable. So Very fashionable. Cute. Did she say, I love and adore you when she signs off on the phone with you? Yeah, and she also I love that. she has a lot of like isms. She says, um, you know, when you sneeze, she says, "Bless you always." I'm not sure. I didn't notice that. I'm, That's cute. And she also always signs off. I think this is just a generic, not generic, but like a, a standard classic mom story where when she does her text messages, she says, "Love always, mama." Like as though you don't know that you're texting with mom. Like she reinforces her wonderful identity in our lives. And um, yeah, look, mom, now it's it's wild to you know see the love that she's had for us pour down into how she, uh, you know, interacts with Jake too. So there's nothing more fun than us all getting together. And the little moon at the end, she does a little happy face moon at the end. It always makes me happy. I get sunshine or rainbows. Oh, you get different ones. So every Monday I get a, do you get that Max? Like a happy Monday text? No. No, (laughs) that's part of what I like about her. She knows her kids and she has different check-ins and you guys talk on the phone and we text a bunch and, uh, you know, she, treats us uh, with the same love, but meets us where we are. Yeah. Max was, uh, it's funny. um, Max was telling me how the protectiveness of your mom, like, and I don't even call it sheltering. Just like she is committed to making sure 
that the bad things in the world do not make their way to her babies. <laughs> and like, that's yeah. that to yeah. me, that's like the number one. My wife's like that. I'm sure you're like that as well. But I, I love that. That's my sweet spot for moms is where the they, bear cubs. Yeah. Like that's at mama bears. Yeah. Just they're nothing's hurting those bear cubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a, a, you know, slight blonde woman who you don't want to underestimate if something gets, you know, a bug is coming towards her kids or, uh, you know, if you're walking in the street, uh, Jane Simon is going to have you covered. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I'm sure she's going to love hearing all the wonderful things that you guys had to say. So um, I wish her a happy Mother's Day. I wish you a happy Mother's Day. And Max, this was uh, this was gooey and gushy and sweet and wonderful. Yeah, it's a s'more of an episode. <laughs> well, every once in a while, it's good. Max, you want to give one more kind of direct I love you message to Mammy and then I'll kick it over to your sister Mammy? for one as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, I love you to the moon and back, as my mom would say to me. And Katie, I love you so much. And I'm so happy that it's your first of many Mother's Days. And I hope you have nothing but bonbons and foot rubs. <laughs> love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Katie, I'll let you I'll let you finish it out on our Buzz in the Tower Mother's Day fan spotlight. Thank you. I, I love you, Uncle Max and Jane Simon. Thanks for being our mom and uh, my mother-in-law and all the mothers out there. Um sending lots of love um you know best job i've ever had so thanks mo happy mother's day to your wife too thank you so much and thanks for taking time out of your mother's day and we'll leave you alone now so you can go get pampered by that husband and beautiful little boy of yours (laughs) have a good one you too take care so max seeing as how this is a very very special day uh i thought we would do something incredibly unique for buzz in the tower and have a second buzz in the tower fan spotlight I cannot believe who you booked. How did you get them? <laughs> they have their agents are brutal. It's, it wasn't easy to do. <laughs> so it's time to introduce these very, very special guests that we have. Uh, actually, why don't I let you guys introduce yourself? Would you rather have me do that? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let's start on the left. Who do we have all the way on the left? My name is Charlotte. And I'm one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm six. And wait, wait, wait. Is your name Charlotte or Charlie? Because I call you Charlie. My name is Charlotte. Mom actually called me. She actually named me Charlotte, but they call me Charlie. All right, good job. And who do, who is this handsome young man we have in the middle? Hi, my name is Aaron. I am seven years old. Uh, and I'm really excited to do this. All right. And who is this lovely young lady on the far right? My name is Reese. I'm nine in third grade, and I'm super excited to start the podcast. Wait, Reese, you listen to a lot of podcasts. You listen to political podcasts. You listen to economic podcasts. You're, you're one with the podcast nation. What is your favorite podcast out there? What's the best podcast you've ever listened to? Probably Bust in the Tower, because with Mo and Max... They're like brothers, brothers from another mother. <laughs> yes, and the brothers just just do this podcast all days, and and they're never around to see their beloved children. Oh, yeah, hey, that's not fair. Children, I see you guys all the time. Knock Reese, it off, Aaron and Charlotte. I'm they're the fine. littlest, of oh course. My gosh. And and dad uh, and uh, let's see, Mo always has to do the podcast. <laughs> Instead, come to our soccer games. All right. So there's a little disgruntled labor force going on in my house, but I appreciate you making time to come today. So before we hop into what we're going to talk about, a lot of people don't know this, but your dad has had you guys watch a lot of 80s movies. Well, I never got to see like a lot of 80s. I only got to see a couple. Oh, a couple. I'm sorry. Well, why don't you tell me, Charlie? 
get real close to the mic so I can hear you. What is one of your favorite 80s movies? The Labyrinth. The Labyrinth? Tell me, why. who do you like in The Labyrinth? I like The Goblin King. Really? And what's The Labyrinth about? Why do you like The Goblin King? Because he steals the girl's um, baby brother. He does? Well, that's pretty silly. Why is he stealing babies? Because because he wants because he wants more goblins. He does want more goblins. You're right. And Aaron, that's why he's called the Goblin King. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for explaining that. And Aaron, what about you? What's one of your favorite 80s movies? Beetlejuice because I like Beetlejuice mm. because he does all of those pranks. And to summon him, you have to say Beetlejuice three times. That's right. You got to say Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> all right, Reese. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. All right, Reese, what about you? What's one of your favorite 80s movies? One of my favorites is probably The Goonies. Oh, that's a good one. You know your dad likes that movie. Yeah, he made me watch it. I did make you watch it. What do you like about The Goonies? Um, well, I like the creepy guy locked up in a basement with a Superman shirt Oh, on. Sloth, yeah, yeah. Um, I also like the grown-ups who are trying to uh, tell the kids not to find One-Eye Willie's treasure. Mm-hmm. And they... Uh, and they're just like traveling all around um, on an adventure. Those are <laughs> those are three really good ones. Yes, Charlie, talk right into the mic, sweetie. We still forget the part where um, Sloth was eating something. Oh yeah, I think he was eating. I think he was eating a gun or something. No, what are you talking about? Bar. He was eating like a, a baby chocolate. Ruth. You goofballs. <laughs> there was a lot of creepy stuff happening. There we, was. There was like in in it. So. I forget, but there was this guy who was dead and the grown-ups were taking him. There was like a hole in the head. It was like a hole. Okay. Somebody shot him in the head. Yeah, okay. What? Okay. I like killing in romance. Okay, why don't we talk about, those are great movie picks. Why don't we talk about the reason that I brought you guys here today? So first of all, who are we going to talk about today? Mom! Yeah, so today's Mother's Day and I thought, Charlie, we can start with you. What are some things that you love about your mom? And talk right into the mic, sweetie. Mom takes very, very good care of us, and I very, and she's very nice. She's very nice. What about you, Erin? What are some things you love about mom? Uh, same thing. Mom takes care of us. She supports us, and I just love her. Oh, that's super sweet. Reese, how about you? I know you've got lots of things on your list, and you also want to try to grab as much mic time as possible, so go ahead. <laughs> what do you got so about I'm, mom? I'm just going to say three things All right. right now. Number one, she helps me when I'm going through things I really don't want to go through at the time. Mm-hmm. Number two, she helps me when the dog's about to rip off my finger. Oh, the dog doesn't rip off your finger. Well, he's, well, he's close to it. <laughs> and number three, she helps me when I can't sleep and... Like, I think two years ago, I had a terrible nightmare, and she and she let me sleep with her. Oh, that's nice. The dog ever bites your finger off? <laughs> well, he was close to one. Well, he off. never, he doesn't have And this is what you get. Yes, Aaron, what do you got? Uh, my favorite thing to do with my mom is to probably snuggle with Yeah, her. we do love snuggling with mom. Yeah, yeah, because this morning, my mom told me on my iPad, and she then she said, put your iPad away and snuggle. Oh, that's yeah. very cute. And also, when Reese got her earrings, and she was coming down, and after she showed me, mom said, give me a snuggle. But really, I'm okay. <laughs> Charlie. It's just, it's just the main thing here is we all love mom. That Aaron, well said. So I want to thank my three incredibly important guests. If you haven't uh, figured out who they are, they are my lovely children. And I'm the littlest. You are the littlest, Charlie. And I appreciate you guys coming on. And let's say one more time, happy Mother's Day to mom. Happy Mother's Day. Great job, guys. And uh, with one that, more thing. one more thing. I sometimes bite people when they're me. 
<laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Part. Thanks for your nonsense. Don't cut that part up. I'm not going to cut that out. Don't We're keeping eat. it in there. I'll still bite you. I'll, she'll still bite you. <laughs> Sometimes I pretend to break my dad's knuckles. <laughs> yep, you do pretend to break my knuckles. Okay. But I might still do And that. the Shapiros are done. You guys did a great job. I love you all. Bye. 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 And there you have it, Max. Those are the three Shapiros. <laughs> They're really good. I'm kind of nervous you're going to replace me. Yeah, not, I mean, not for a year or two. Um, but they... <laughs> Reese kind of has it down already. Dude, those kids, when I told them, here, here's what will be the miracle. Yeah. Here's what will be the Mother's Day miracle. So we're recording Sunday. It's Sunday morning it is. on Mother's Day. I had a team meeting with them that they were not allowed to tell their mother what's going on. They're kind of like a football coach until Until Tuesday when the episode drops. If they can make it from today until Tuesday without telling Trish that we did this, I would be blown away. I would be an absolute act of God. I think it happened. Dude, they have mouths on them worse than mine. Like they, they they love talking. They make me feel like I don't love talking. They love talking. <laughs> all of them. Uh, no, I'm so, I mean, I love that we brought them on. Uh, and I love that we had your sister on. Yeah. I, I adore your sister, man. She's so sweet. I mean, she just. She's a real person. I, 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 you always say that. It's so funny. She, you know, I'll tell you what, what's great about your sister. My sister's the same way. And, it, and they pro- both probably get it from their moms. Mm. Like your sister would die for you. Like she genuinely loves you. Like it's, it's just great to have siblings like that yeah. because that's not the case with everyone. Yeah. I mean, I always find that so sad when people Strong don't have nuclear that, bond. Right. And they, and they will take care of their incompetent brothers. Yeah. <laughs> when my life blows up, I'll sleep on a couch for a while. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Go get uncle Max's cereal. He's on the couch. Oh man. You can't all watch right. uncle Buck again today. No, no. Uh, All right. Well, listen, uh, now is as good a time as any to remind you to not only subscribe and rate review and follow us on social media, but but now subscribe to our YouTube channel. I mentioned it at the beginning. Um, We're putting up episodes as quick as our unpaid slave intern, uh, Austin, can put it together. No, no, you. I wouldn't put you in charge of this. You can barely barely use your cell phone. So as as quick as Austin gets them up there, they'll be uh, available. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel and and uh, again, support us as always. On that note, Max, I'm going to give you the floor just for some closing thoughts on Mother's Day and messages you want to give to the wonderful mothers out there. To all the mothers out there, God bless you. You're the best. I, do, I got nothing else. I no, mean, I don't know. If you, if you can make someone like Mo cry, guess what? Like, oh man, now I'm crying. <laughs> We got you. Uh, I got you to cry. It just took the whole episode yeah, and he's welling up. Years and I'm <laughs> great. But it's a wonderful thing. And if you I mean, it doesn't even matter if it's Mother's Day or not. Call your mom and just be like, I love you very much today. You know, you bastard. Now I'm crying. Thank you. I'm crying. Now you're crying. You suck at these. You're the, you, yeah. the end of these. You're terrible at them. And then finally you knock it out of the park. <laughs> I hate you so much. All right, Max. Um, happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-laws to, you know, I've got a couple childhood friends, uh, Ian and Jordan, their mother, Linda, who is like a second mom to me. My friend Malka, her mom. Guy, Brian, their mom. Is it an Oscar speech? What are you doing? Because I got a lot of moms, yeah. a lot of great moms. I was, I was, uh, the mommies. I was really blessed to be surrounded by so many amazing moms and it made it a little bit easier when I lost mine and every mother's day is tough, but I have to tell you, I'm really glad we did this episode. It actually made me feel a lot better because people deserve to hear how much I love my mom every once in a while. And this is a good way for me to do it. And I hope that Trish feels that way. I hope she's excited that people get to hear how much her three kids love her. And I hope your mom feels that way when she hears you and your sister, she knows every day. I know we, we talk every day and that's great. And you're a good son. And to your, to echo your message, you know, if you, if you didn't get a chance to do something special for your mom a couple days ago, cause you'll be listening to this on Tuesday, 
call her up, tell her you love her, and uh, and just be a good son. Be oh, a good and also, I started a book club with my mom two years ago I where we read that. a book once in a while. You can do audiobooks. Pick something. Pick a book, a movie. Pick, I mean, go to an art museum and take a look at a picture and talk about it. I love Pick that. Pick something that you can connect with your mom with. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This guy. Son of the year. Right now, women are swooning over you. <laughs> You're literally like the best son ever. Taken. Uh, I know, right? Selena's mom's awesome, too. Nice. Uh, shout, shout out Beth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, San- and Mimi. Sandy, Carol, Double Grandma. I feel like if now now I'm like, I better not miss anyone. We got long. Double Grandma, Sandy, and Carol, and all my- Let's put no. the music. The Oscar music. Yeah, I know, right? I, I will have to have a yeah. cut, cut a little yeah, bit yeah. in there. No, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind. We'll take an extra minute uh, for this because that's how much I love Mother's Day, how much I love all these moms. And on that note, I've got nothing else except to tell you, Buzz in the Tower will be back next week with no emotions. <laughs> all the emotions are gone. Two episodes a year yeah. for emotions. That's it. Tops. Robotic alien emotions, yes. if you will. Next week's episode yeah. is we're going to go over our favorite sci-fi movies. Woo! And th- there's no emotion there. It's Rocky just, Four. Yes. Number it's one. not a sci-fi movie. There's a robot. Happy birthday, Polly. Yeah. Drago's Drago's kind of a he's robot. Not, he's not. He's There's not scientific experiments if on he, him. If he bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> and that's from Predator. Yeah. All right, Max, say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Happy Mother's Day, and thanks for joining us, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.